Hello everybody and welcome to the Ocean Riders podcast. Conversations with creatives, entrepreneurs, thinkers and dreamers who also happen to be surfers. I'm Imi Bano and my guests today are two wonderful women from California. Tiari Hogeman and Clarissa Cassell are the founders of The Ocean is Female. Originally frustrated about the way the surfing industry represents women surfing, our two college roommates decided to launch an Instagram account and a blog called The Ocean is Female. The idea behind this side hustle was to give an outlet for women surfers to share their stories and to demonstrate that women surfing doesn't just boil down to a supermodel in a tiny bikini holding a surfboard. What started as a project in October 2017 is snowballing into an encyclopedia of inspiring and empowering female surf stories. Every day, Tiare and Clarissa are receiving, curating and publishing inspirational women's surf stories from around the world. Today's conversation is a tale of all tales. It's an opportunity to meet the people behind this beautiful and refreshing non-profit project Clarissa and Tiaro have a contagious sense of humour and share their story about the inception of the project, how to be part of it, and their hilarious personal surf and travel stories. Today they both have desk jobs, but one of the career choices that they took for a while was to travel the world as ESL teachers. Our two besties share their experience and give some useful advice on how to make the most of being a teacher and catching a few waves. So without further ado, please welcome Clarissa Cassell and Tiare Hogeman of The Ocean is Female. Hello and welcome Clarissa and Tiare to The Ocean Riders podcast. Maybe in a few words you could introduce yourselves to the listeners. So I'm Tiare and we're both based in California I uh, went to UCSB and met each other there and both learned to surf our freshman year, um, doing a lot of wipeouts and crazy maneuvers. <laughs> and we're pretty much still at it. It's like, what, nine years later now? Um, and I'm currently living in Northern California, but I've been in Panama for a little bit in Costa Rica and here in Santa Barbara, where we are right now, um, and all over the place since graduating and just surfing as much as I can and having a good time. Yeah, my name is Clarissa. Um, I met Tiari in the dorms freshman year at UCSB. Um, in between class or whenever we could, we'd lug our big foam tops. <laughs> I got a foam board off the internet that was so used that it kind of floated underneath the surface of the water. <laughs> We'd be sitting there and I'd be on my like Costco board that's like super floaty and Clarissa would be a few feet below me on the same size board, same size person. And we learned to surf together as we surf now, yelling and screaming and cracking up and nothing's really changed, but we have improved. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You two are the, are the founders of theoceanisfemale.com. Could you tell us a bit more about the project? Clarissa? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we realized after, you know, surfing for the nine years that we have been surfing that more often than not, we paddle out and we'd be one of the only women out. 
Um, and we live in California, which is fairly popular to surf here, both for men and women. Um, and there'd be days where we just get out of the water feeling really frustrated, um, either because um, other surfers would be instructing us and telling us what to do or dropping in on us. Um, and we just felt like it wasn't necessary. <laughs> um, the other thing that we would continually notice was when we walked into surf shops, um, there would be, you know, on, in the men's section, there'd be, you know, a huge poster of a, of a man surfing a wave in Tahiti, you know, a massive, beautiful wave. And then you'd go over to the women's side of the surf shop and there's a girl standing on the beach holding a board in a bikini. And the bikini is something that if you put on and actually paddled out wearing it, you'd be naked in no time. Yeah. <laughs> One tough <Really>? time. <laughs> One tough time and the bottoms are around your ankles. And we're saying this from experience. <laughs> and we just felt that it was women were generally underrepresented in terms of what what we felt and what we did um, when we paddled out. And so we started our Instagram um, essentially to tell the stories that we felt like we weren't hearing. Um, And it started very organically and it's grown to be something that we are actually surprised. We've gotten way more perspectives and stories than, you know, we started out even having. That's great. So, um, so how many stories have you collected so far? Do you, do you keep track of that? Tiari? You know, we could look, we have a Google Docs folder of everything. Um, but I, we should look, I really have no idea. <laughs> but what? We've posted a post every day on Instagram since October. Wow. Um, and every day it's a different it's a different story. We have, we've never repeated anyone. Um, and when we first began, we were contacting people via IM and just saying, Hey, would you like to share your story? Here's why we started this Instagram. Um, but now we don't even need to do that. People reach out to us saying, I'd love to share my story. Um, and it's gotten to the point that not only are people reaching out, but people are also <laughs> reaching out saying, hey, when are you going to post my yeah. story? Because we have a bit of a backlog. <laughs> um, it's, I think we're, I, we have stories that we still haven't posted from February. <laughs> um, so it's really yeah. exciting, actually. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great cool. having all that content. And so, so do you have a kind of list of, inter- uh, of interview questions that you ask? Every once in a while, we'll just get like an email of someone's life story and we'll pull quotes from it. Um, but for the most part, we have an interview set up that we sat down and just thought of a couple questions. Um, and then within a couple months, we realized that by asking those questions and targeting women surfers, no matter where they're from, we would get the same answers all over the world. <laughs> so then we sat down and wrote out some more questions. And now we have a evolving interview that you know, every couple months we can switch it up um, or we'll have people just answer three of the 10 questions and go in depth. Great. And that way we get a little bit more interesting personal content. Yeah, it's really interesting because our question, why do you surf? It more often than not, we get the same answer. You know, <laughs> it's the connection with the ocean, the feeling of freedom. It's a release. Um, and when we first 
received interviews, we'd always post the answers to that specific question because mm-hmm. we felt the same. Yeah. But it got to the point that after a while, you know, there's only so many so many ways you can express <laughs> passion and feelings. And <laughs> the feeling that you get when you're in the water, there's only so many ways you can say it. Yeah. <laughs> and we realized we were just repeating content. But it, mm-hmm. it also just shows that the people who choose to paddle out and choose to learn how to surf, they they have this connection with the sea and it's therapeutic and it's peaceful and it's a place where you can um, go and find quiet in -hmm. a world that's so loud and disruptive and busy Mm -hmm. that um, we share, we, we all share that. And it's, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing to realize that no matter, you know, where these interviews are coming, that that's the same um, feeling around the world. Right now, the ocean is female is a is a blog and an Instagram an Instagram page. Have you got any plans for developing it? Um, we we talked about this last night. Um, we we were saying, you know, what are some potential questions we'll get, and what are some potential answers we'll have. <laughs> um, and we both kind of confronted this question last night. Um, and we so far have really enjoyed the process. Um, everything that's happened has really happened organically. Um, we've worked with localish, um, it's a company that's in Hawaii in Northern California and they, they're really great. That happened organically, um, as well as, um, another company that's run by women that sells sunscreen, um, that's, you know, healthy for reefs. It's all organic. And I don't know, all of our partnerships have just kind of taken place and formed and we've never tried to force anything Mm -hmm. Um, and we have no intention to do so we're both employed um, we both work full-time so we're not dependent upon this project you know to support us financially Mm -hmm. Um, and that enables it to be a little bit more creative and a little slow Um, and when we first started out we were a little anxious that you know it wasn't going fast enough. (laughs) But at this point, I think we've settled into the the process of it. Um, And, and getting interviews and meeting women. Um, We have women who are artists, we have women who started their own bikini lines, you know, all these women who are doing these wonderful projects. Um, We have no intention to kind of step on any toes and create anything that Mm -hmm. would be a potential conflict. Um, So I think Wherever this project takes us, we'll go, mm-hmm. essentially. Okay. And it would be great to someday have this be, you know, a, a full-time job. Um, but at the moment, we don't feel the pressure to mm. make that happen. And we're here to tell the stories that, you know, media doesn't tell us about the women who are out in the water, you know, shredding or struggling. Um, do you have any remarkable uh, uh, stories that come to mind um, that have really kind of marked your memory in in the, the number of tales that have been told? So many, so <laughs> many. Um, but I mean, some of them, like, you almost want to cry when you read the interview because it's so cool. Um, part of it is that we get women from all over the world. So, you know, you get all kinds of – I mean, we have one where – this girl is duck diving in a hijab, which was so cool oh, to see. Wow. Yeah. Um, and another girl, what country was it where she was likely the only girl 
Oh, Equator- um, Equatorial Guinea? Ga- Guinea? Guinea, yeah. Yeah, she's like, I'm the only girl in my country that surfs. Um, we've had a couple adaptive surfer interviews that have been my favorite. One of them, Danny Burt, is like pro in my eyes. You know, she goes around and competes and rides just huge waves. She's amazing. Um, so posting her was an honor, really. Um, we had another girl who heard about a program in Hawaii, and she was in, was it Sweden or Norway? One of the two, I don't um, Somewhere cold and uninviting mm-hmm. for beginners. <laughs> and she flew herself to Hawaii to do this adaptive surfing program wow. and fell in love and now like has a van and is living van life and surfing. Um, so those have been some of the more inspiring ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal favorite is this girl we interviewed not long ago who she's from England slash Morocco, but she lives in Australia and she's a stunt pilot. Wow. Like like her day job is <laughs> doing stunts in like a little red bear and airplane above Australia. And then, you know, when she has off time, she jumps in the water. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've had a lot of really cool interviews. Yeah. We, we tend to trade off in terms of answering emails and posting. Um, but when we get the really neat interviews, we'll always like message each other or mm-hmm. you know, send the quotes and say, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to read this, you know, cause some days it's, I, I don't know when you kind of just like fish out into the world for stories, you never know really what you're going to get, but really we've gotten gold, you yeah. know, everything we've gotten is just incredible. And, the one of, one of my favorites is um this girl she her mom wouldn't let her surf but she, so she surfed on the sly <laughs> <laughs> she got a board to the lip <laughs> and ended up with this huge scar underneath her lip which she needed stitches which I think she lost a tooth she might have <laughs> but she ended up having to tell her mom because she's got this huge hole in her face and she sent us photos of this hole <laughs> and so we opened up our email and we're like oh <laughs> but we but we ended up sharing the photos on Instagram because everything about the story was just so perfectly raw and the way she wrote her interview questions were it was she was so she was hilarious she was so wonderful and that that was one that definitely sticks out for me <laughs> yeah yeah I think it's just I think it's just women being women against all odds, you know, doing what they love. And, and I think I'm just inspired by the determination and, you know, nothing will stop them to, yeah. to get to the water. You know, if that's what they want, that's what they're going to do. And, you know, even if, you know, you're paralyzed from the waist down, you know, these women are still paddling out. That's and amazing. For me personally, I don't know if I have the mental capacity and the the internal strength to do something like that. So these stories are really inspiring for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like I'm, I'm in awe. (laughs) (laughs) So if there was some, somebody listening, a female surfer who's listening and wanted to share her story as well, what's the, what's the process? Um, well, we, we've kind of neglected our Facebook and website, but we're pretty strong on our Instagram game. So the best way, and we get this a lot is, you know, somebody will just send us a direct message on Instagram. Hey, I want to share my story. Um, and then our process is pretty simple. We'll send them an email with questions and 
from there, you know, they can take as long as they need to answer back, especially since we're backlogged. And then um, we have a whole folder of posts to pull from. And so we request a photo or a couple photos that you feel comfortable with us posting. And we'll pull a quote from your interview and good to go. Yeah. And to anyone who's listening that would be interested in sharing their story, there is no story too small yeah, um, or too big. You know, if you just learned to surf yesterday, but you feel empowered to share your words, you know, there's we have no um, I don't know, you don't have to fit a profile to to share your story on on our Instagram and our website. It's beautiful. You're, you're important. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, we love it when we get interviews of people who don't fit the profile. And it's kind of hard to find those people on our own on Instagram. Um, but every once in a while, you know, we'll get somebody or like a, a dad Instagram does <laughs> because she's like this maybe four. four. Yeah. This tiny little girl is like a little skateboarder, surfer. <laughs> um, so we like, it's nice to get that diversity and really show who's out there in the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing too is um, some people are intimidated by the photo aspect of it um a lot of us don't have awesome photos of us yeah we never have the photographer with us to sort of take mm-hmm. that perfect shot of us surfing and everything yeah, on the day-to-day life you yeah. don't you don't have a photographer following you around <laughs> you understand that so we've actually even posted a picture of a sunset before where a girl sent us an, an interview and she said i'm so sorry i'm not a single photo of me surfing but here's a beautiful picture of a sunset <laughs> So, I mean, we can speak from ourselves that we don't really have great photos of our surfing a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the photo is captured by, you know, one of us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's us at the end of the wave eating it. <laughs> or something. You know, it's not the most glamorous. But don't don't let the photo aspect stop you from sending in an inter- inter- interview. <laughs> Okay, and so you guys have obviously been pretty well travelled around South America, Latin America. Could you tell us more about where you've been and what for? Um, yeah, so I I ended up leaving the country mainly because once I graduated, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, so I went and started teaching English um, in a really small town in Costa Rica, and that was my first experience living abroad. Wow. Um, I actually ended up in the mountains in the coffee producing region. So I, within a couple months, I would dream about ocean and like sharks would be like swimming through my dreams. And I, I knew I kind of had to get back to the beach. Um, so I went a couple times in Costa, just, you know, taking a weekend and going to the Pacific side and then came back to the U.S. and then got a Fulbright to Panama. So wow. The year before last, I was in Panama, um, in Panama City, which actually has a great A-frame wave that breaks really? every now and then. But the water is so polluted, you probably will get pink eye or worse <laughs> if you go surfing. Um, so that that year was a lot of taking the bus to right. different breaks. Yeah. So, um, so w- w- which part of Panama are the best breaks on? Um, it's all over the one of my favorite spots, and actually, when I was in Costa Rica and had to go do a visa run, went to a place called Boca del Toro, which mm-hmm. is on oh, the yeah. Caribbean side. And Clarissa came with all our friends from Santa Barbara and we had a week in Bocas 
Um, and that was amazing. We rented big old boards and just surfed around. And Isn't the water um, super clear there? It's like kind of crystal oh, clear. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I got so sunburned, I couldn't sit down for a week. <laughs> 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 Literally, I've never seen a butt so red. <laughs> we didn't reapply. We we put on sunscreen in the morning and then had lunch midday, but did not reapply. <laughs> and the, the waves were so good and consistent that you were paddling back out most of the time. So you were so you're always on your with your. With your... <laughs> I can't get it. I had to sleep on my belly. Yeah. <laughs> So Bocas, then, Bocas del Toro is really good then for Panama. It's not the, the Pacific side then is less interesting or is there some good breaks there as well? Um, like to no, it's just a, a different feel. Bocas, um, the water feels different because it's a little bit warmer and there's a lot of variety as far as breaks because you have those coral reefs and the islands mm-hmm. that, you know, the topography is really interesting. And then on the Pacific side, that's actually where I ended up surfing the most because it was closest to Panama City. Um there was a couple little breaks that I could go to on the weekend and it's not too crowded, which is nice. You get mm-hmm. the city surfers that come, but otherwise, you know, not, not too many people in the water. Um, and those were like a little bit more like California. One of the breaks I found was a little right point, but it very rarely broke. Like I, I had to get really good at being able to read the forecast online and know what was going to be happening <laughs> on the weekend. Um, and then there's a couple more if you go towards Costa Rica that, you know, a little bit bigger. Um, Isn't it Pavones that's on the, um, on the, near the border? Near the... Yeah, the, I never made it there. It's on the Costa side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard amazing things and seen the best pictures from there. <laughs> um, the, the break on the Panama side near there is Catalina, Santa Catalina. And that's like, if you're a pro Panama surfer you probably grew up there oh really Uh, and I didn't make it to that wave but I knew a lot of people that had gone through there and it sounds like something that I would probably have you know maybe two good waves and (laughs) 10 gnarly wipeouts and that would have been my session um just depending on the swell it's very swell dependent and then Clarissa actually went to Brazil. Yeah. So what was, yeah. did you, did you go to, to do, to teach English or did you have another I did project? actually. Yeah. Ironically, we both ended up doing the same thing after college. Um, I taught English in Brazil for a while. I studied abroad in Brazil during, um, during college. So I could speak enough Portuguese to feel comfortable going down there again. Um, but the waters in, at least in Rio de Janeiro, where I was living, um, I felt very intimidated and I didn't surf that much. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I wasn't as good then. And I generally was a little just scared to battle out. <laughs> <laughs> the beach breaks are a little intense in Rio. Um, and there are some breaks a little bit further, um, South, which I did end up paddling out a couple times. Um, but it's harder in Brazil. Um, mainly just because localism is a little bit more intense um, and and there is a little bit more of a machismo culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I just didn't feel like uh, dealing with. Mm-hmm. But I did surf in Peru when I traveled um, 
north after living in Brazil for a while. Um, and we ended mm. up actually going to the same place, but not together. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So Peru. where did you get to in Peru? Um, we, we both surf on Chaco, which is a great little surf town. Um, but it has a big pier. <laughs> a very big pier with lots of riptide going right through it. And the waves are great to the left of the pier, but it pushes you directly to the pier. And I narrowly avoided it. Oh <laughs> and Tiari about a year and a half later did not. <laughs> oh, no. Seriously. Yeah. It was like my, I had food poisoning the first day in town, so I wasn't feeling too hot. And second day, I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to get in the water. I'm going to feel better. Bad idea. <laughs> I was on a rented board from this guy who didn't really seem thrilled to rent me a board anyways. <laughs> and, like, first day in the water, first day in town, straight into the pier. <gasps> and, I mean, I should have known because I'd heard about it, but that the water just rips right under there. And if you don't get around it, you're not going into the beach. You're oh going through. God. And... I was thinking kind of like the Huntington Beach Pier, you know, where I could like maybe shoot the pilot. (laughs) (laughs) So I tried that. And there's this photographer on the pier who's like taking pictures of his people yelling at me like, I flaca, no, no, no. And I'm like, I can't stop. And tried to shoot the pilings, but realized that right underneath the water, there's all these different like crossings and it's all like some kind of metal with a lot of barnacles. So super spiky. <laughs> um, and I just went straight into it and ended up having to climb out of it later um, with the rented board that wasn't in good shape. I was like, my legs were just red. <laughs> bleeding. That's enough to put you off surfing for like for life. I mean, getting stuck I'm, in that kind of stuff. Like it wasn't that scary because, you know, in the moment you're like, and this is where I am and this is what I have to deal with. Then I'm just going to go for it. Um, The worst part was like we stayed in that town for two weeks because my my boyfriend ended up trying to save another girl later who ended up in the pier. um, And he had this pretty big gash that he couldn't surf. So he stayed there while he healed. So I had a good two weeks in the town where I just had to live down (laughs) being the girl who hit the pier. (laughs) And news travels fast. Like everybody It's a small town. Oh, oh, you're, oh, I know you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. So moving on um, uh, in the interview today, uh, what are your jobs then, your full-time jobs? Yeah, so I work at a nonprofit called Sea International. We actually do cataract surgery all around the world. Um, cataracts are one of the leading causes of blindness in the world. Um, generally, everyone gets a cataract if you've been exposed to the sun for long periods of time. So, surfers. <laughs> um, but really, anyone who's working in fields or doing manual labor, um, generally you develop them after the age of 40. And if you don't treat them, um, remove them, you can actually go blind. Uh, but it's really incredible because all it takes is about a 20 minute surgery to remove a cataract and then you can see. So it's literally from going from blind to being able to see, um, And so what we do is we send ophthalmologists and supplies and we work with local doctors all around the world to do these um, programs. Wow. So it's not necessarily in in the U.S., but everywhere else in the world then that you operate in. 
everywhere else in the world that doesn't really have great access to healthcare, um, because those are the regions that really suffer from, mm-hmm. um, you know, increased rates of blindness because of cataracts. But I do sit in an office and I do answer emails. And so the Oceanist Female is a little bit of an outlet for me, mm. um, getting to post every day. Um, it's both a blessing and a curse <laughs> <laughs> because it gives me a little bit of a, you know, distraction. But at the same time, <laughs> it makes it very hard to stay at my desk. <laughs> yeah. And how about you, Thierry? Um, so I, for for a few years, I was doing ESL teaching mm-hmm. um, California and then abroad too. And then after this last stint in Panama, I, I kind of wanted to be back in California for a little bit, which was amazing because, you know, for the last couple of years, I've just been buying a plane ticket wherever I can go. <laughs> Um, so I came back to California and ended up lasting a month and then going to Peru and then coming back lasting another month. Then I went to Mexico and I lasted another month. And finally, um, in the fall, I started a new job that's working remote, um, company that, um, almost all the employees are remote and we do conferencing for associations or any kind of big corporate conference um we're kind of doing all the background work for that um which it's been a shift because in ESL you're literally jumping around acting things out all day <laughs> um it's super social too because you know you have 20 kids in a classroom that you're constantly interacting with um and now my life like I'm getting a taste of email life um and <laughs> Not even office life because my office buddies in NorCal are like, you know, the deer in the yard, (laughs) (laughs) the quail that walk by. Um, So, yeah, this project has really helped me Um, just, you know, I get a little break every day and I have 15 minutes to dream about the ocean. Um, Yeah. And I'm starting to under like I don't have a nine to five and I have a lot of freedom to move around with this job, but I am starting to understand at least the desk job. When she was transitioning, she kind of went through the same thing that I did three years ago when I first started my job. And, you know, how do you sit still at a desk for eight hours a day? Like, how how can you just answer emails? Is this all that we're Mm -hmm. meant to do? Is this life? Is this adulthood? Um, But I I basically was like, distract yourself. Let's let's start something. Um, And we both love to serve because we both were kind of dealing with like, do we just quit and travel again? We don't have much money. <laughs> I was like, well, let's just focus on something small and let's see if we can make it into something big. Um, and that's kind of where the project came from initially was this a little bit of anxiety to just sit and, you know, work a normal job. Yeah. Um, and this kind of feeling internally that we were settling a little bit. Um, you know, this project was born to kind of hang on to some creativity that is lost in the day in, day out, and also to be traveling, you know, virtually. Virtually, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So would you say that ESL is a good way um, for people to start traveling and, and um, be able to sort of make a make ends meet whilst they're traveling? Yeah. Um, it was great for me. My My first job in ESL was a stipend. So I went to Costa Rica, I lived in a host family, and the learning center, which was operated by the Peace Corps, gave my host family a stipend, basically just to feed me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so, it, you know, it wasn't a great way to make money. But I showed up speaking no Spanish and left like gibbering away in probably a <laughs> four-year-old's version of Spanish. Um, and it was such a good way to just get involved with the community, you know, because as as an English teacher, especially if you're in a rural area, you're, you know, you're such a connection to jobs for people and, you know, what people are now thinking of a future. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a great way to get involved. And then, of course, like, if you go to a surf town, uh, I literally gave English lessons out in the lineup. You know, really? like, the local boys would be like, hey, mommy, how do you say this? <laughs> um, so that was a really cool way just to become a part of the community and feel like you're not just there to, you know, take waves and take in sun and drink a coconut and leave. Um, you're actually more involved. And then this last thing, actually, you know, you can a lot of people go to Japan and teach. Um Panama, just because of Fulbright, was a really good way to be able to teach and also support myself. Um, but I know people who go um, without a program like that, you know, you, you have to find somewhere that needs a teacher and you yeah. might not get paid for it. Yeah, I, I went without a program. So mm -hmm. I taught ESL in California first right. um, at an international school called EF. We actually both taught there for a little while. Um, and that was that was really fun. But, you know, we weren't traveling. And then I went to Brazil and taught but I had to find a job when I got there and I wouldn't recommend it if you're trying to make a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I was able to support myself you know the day in day out needs you know the basic food I lived in a hostel um, and quote-unquote worked in it so I didn't have to pay um, for the night the room um, but the thing about living in a hospital, a hospital, <laughs> a hostel, not a hospital, that I quickly realized is that you meet so many wonderful people, but they pass through. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, I was I was living there um, alone with a couple other people who were also working there um, with uh, a guy from England and then another guy from Pakistan, which was really cool. We were really diverse. Um, but. It was hard for me because I'm a really social person to meet so many wonderful people and then have to say goodbye. Mm. Um, and so in terms of that, <laughs> I learned a lot. And at the same time, um, being an English teacher, I did private lessons. So I went to big companies like Prudential, Deloitte, um, and were teaching their staff basic um, work lingo. Um, but because it was in a professional setting, I, I didn't actually get that close to my students. Right. Um, so I didn't really open up, um, new networks for myself. Yeah. Um, so for me personally, I actually, it was challenging, um, just because I, I wasn't really growing my community and it could have just been the, it could have been, you know, the time and the place and kind of how things kind of stacked up, but um, if I were to do it again, I think I would try to work in a school um, right. because you have coworkers and then you are close to students and you see the same people day in, day out. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a little bit more connection. Um, and is it, is it better paid? In a school? Um, potentially speaking, yes, because yeah. you have more of a set salary. Um, but then, of course, you have to deal with the visa things and, you know, mm. whether you're going to be working under the table or not. Um, I did it. 
my the way I did it was really easy. I was on a tourist visa. I worked under the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did it the bare bones kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, All right, that's great. Um, I guess we're sort of moving on to the, the interview. Um, I've just got a few questions about um, uh, about having it. Sorry, they're sort of sentences to finish. So if you could give me the answers at the end of the sentence, that would be great. And that sort of gives a. Um, so the first the first question would be, I wish. You, you got one? <laughs> for the for the project, just to clarify, for the project or just general? whatever, whatever in general, it could have something to do with surfing, or it could be something completely different. Okay, um, I wish that um, this project will become bigger than we are, um, so bigger than just the two of us, and by that I mean, um, I hope that we can help be a platform for women who are also trying to kind of get their feet off the ground in their passions. So Mm -hmm. um, my dream for the project is to support these women who are either artists or, um, you know, creating their own swim line or sunscreen or whatever that they're doing, um, that we kind of co-collaborate in a space that brings both of us to the next level. Um, That that's my personal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. how, how about you, Tiari? Um, I think along with that, I I just wish for us to be able to take this, the energy that we're getting from this project um, and just so much wisdom from these answers and be able to share that so that other surfers, not just women, can mitigate this time right now, which I feel like a lot of people are struggling with the nine to five and the need to support yourself um, and really make a good living to be able to afford a normal lifestyle these days um, to balance that with the desire to buy a plane ticket and move to Bali, you know, (laughs) or just that, you know, now I have a yoga ball instead of a chair, which helps. But even then I'm like on my desk um, thinking about, you know, are there waves right now? Am I, am I missing something? Could I go out for an hour? Um, so just taking that modern life and all of, you know, there's so many stresses and, and challenges that come with that. And then taking the wisdom that you get from the ocean and blending the two. Lovely. Okay. How about I miss? Ooh, Hugo. Uh, I miss point breaks. <laughs> I'm so done with the beach break. I miss point breaks almost every day. Um, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> I miss I miss my backpack. I miss living out of a backpack. I know oh. when I was living out of my backpack, I missed my room and my bed. <laughs> but I actually, I kind of miss the simplicity of having everything in one small bag and knowing that that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, to be happy essentially. And that was, that was such a big discovery for me when I first started traveling was that, oh my gosh, why do I have all these things? You know, everything I need is here and, in the small bag. And <laughs> I don't know, it was a big, we live in such a commercialized world where, you know, it's like purchase this, buy this, but <laughs> we don't really need most, most of those things anyway. <laughs> How about I love I love the ocean. (laughs) I know that's so basic and simple, but 
I do. You're just like everyone who interviews. <laughs> this is an answer that we get all the time. Um, I, I love, I love doing this project. Um, I love the outlet that it is for me personally. Um, and I love feeling connected, um, just globally, you know, not only to the ocean, I already have that connection in my own personal life, but I love feeling connected with this huge network of women that feel the same as I do. Um, Mm -hmm. it makes me feel like I'm not alone in some of my frustrations and also feels makes me feel um, at home in the world. You know, I can go anywhere and we probably know someone there because we've interviewed them and that's a really wonderful feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to say, I just, I love the momentum that comes from this and also just surfing. Like you feel like you get your adrenaline for the day and you get out of the water and you feel fresh. Um, and with this project, I feel kind of similar where we we had this idea, well, years ago, really, where we were like, why are there all these pictures of girls' butts and none of these girls are surfing? And like, you know, you've seen the, the picture of Lauren Ever the other day, where was she somewhere, um, maybe it was near Tanzania, I don't know, on this massive way. Like, why aren't there pictures of that, too? Yeah. Um, and seeing how just that thought um, gained momentum and how around the world independently it is gaining momentum. And there is, you know, a thirst for change as far as representation um, and surf media kind of evolving as female surfers evolve. Yeah. Uh, so it's so cool to be a part of that and like, you know, feel that movement happen right underneath our feet. And I think just generally women tend to be understanding and supportive, um, which is why we kind of attain that um, gender to the ocean because the ocean is understanding and supportive in its own ways. Um, But, you know, even after we posted um, the girl who's stuck diving with a hijab, you know, in in the very politically um, crazy and divided world that it feels like we are in today, um, that post got more likes and more comments than a lot of our other posts. And mm-hmm. people were like, this is awesome. Like, I hope you get sponsored. Like, I hope you find a wetsuit that, you know, has a hijab and <laughs> I'll share this with my friends. And they were like at adding other people to like tag other brands. And That's I think that, I mean, we, all we did was post the story. We didn't, you know, ask anyone to respond. It was all natural. And that momentum is so it's so welcoming and so needed in the world that we both feel like we're living in, you mm-hmm. know? And um, how about I want? Uh, for this project, <laughs> I I really want to find a way to interview the voices that we can't find on Instagram. Um, for example, you know, we've had these amazing interviews and women will point back to like the, the pioneers in women surfing. You know, we've, we've got a lot of mentions of Lisa Anderson and Rail Sun and, mm-hmm. you know, all those women that that really paved the way for us. Um, I don't think that we we would even like think to go surfing with the boys if it weren't for that precedent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, you know, some of those women are getting up there or are, or are already gone. Um, so to get those voices, too, would be really cool. And also I mean, the ones that are still doing it, you know, in countries where they might not have that many women surfers. Yeah. 
And how about you, Clarissa? How about what would, what would you want? I want kind of, you know, off of what Tiari already said, but I want to reach places that we can't reach. So maybe women, um, you know, in places um, in Africa that, you know, those women that are maybe surfing for the first time or, you know, going against all odds to get out in the water. Instagram is, is a great platform, but you have to have a phone and you have to have internet and you have yeah. to um, be, be connected, you know, yeah. as they say. And the places that aren't connected, it would be great to kind of bring this, this wave of inspiration to, you know, women to provide an outlet, you know, essentially sure. surfing is an outlet for all of us. It's a place where we go when we're sad, when we're happy. Um, it's a place where we go to, you know, make a fool of ourselves and have fun. You know, it, <laughs> uh-huh. the ocean is very unapologetic with how it makes you feel, but it's all very real. Yeah. And the world that, you know, everything is just how much, how many followers or how many likes, like going there without any sort of technology and, and just being you um, against something that's just natural. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're fighting nature some days and nature's <laughs> hugging you on others. But I think bringing that sort of feeling to places in the world that might need it most um, would be something that I would want out of this project. So yeah. um, maybe kind of taking it on the road um, would be something that would be a dream yeah. for both of us. I bet, I bet, yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess we've made it. We've made it to the to the end of the interview. Um, would you like to promote anything? Should we just do a rundown on on where we can find you and how we can find you? Yeah. So the ocean is female. Um, that's our Instagram name. The ocean is female at gmail dot com is our email. <laughs> the ocean is female dot com <laughs> is our fledgling website. <laughs> yeah, we're both we're both teaching ourselves how to <laughs> be website designers. But please <laughs> don't <with> judge us. <laughs> um, it's pretty. What we have is pretty simple, um, and we're relatively easy to find. Um, we don't put our face really anywhere on our website or anything because our project isn't about us in particular. Um, you know, we are the force behind the original idea, but the forces driving it are the stories that we share. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, any listeners that want to share for any reason, you know, don't don't feel intimidated by anything. Yeah. If you want to add anything. Yeah, I feel like we're we're more like curators, um, and you know the the subjects that we interview they're the the really the soul of everything going on. Um, but yeah, if if anybody listening, even if you're like, hmm, I, I guess I could interview, send us a direct message on Instagram or send us an email, and we'll make it happen. You know, it's a than you think and we've gotten a lot of good feedback about you know people saying wow I, I didn't realize I had so much to say or you know wow I didn't realize I enjoyed talking about surfing so much um it's kind of a fun little activity to reflect on why you do what you do exactly and we've also been connected with people who have wanted to kind of be involved in our project um and we've actually had a couple people um take photos for us or um, do video interviews and so if there's anyone who's interested in just becoming more involved um, we welcome it in any capacity um, knowing that 
you know, there is no money involved at all. (laughs) It's more, it's more like a passion project, but um, that's something we welcome as well. Also, if anyone wants to help with our website. (laughs) 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 Okay. Well, the word is out and, um, and thank you ever so much for, for being on the show. How are you feeling? Good, good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not More too early than earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for waking up so early in the morning. That was really kind. Thank you so much for having us. We like your project is is so in line with ours, and it's so cool to see all these different manifestations of yeah. of similar ideas. Okay, well, thank you ever so much. Um, but it's actually, this has been really fun. Yeah, I'm so excited for October. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lovely moment. I really hope you enjoyed it. I love the way The Ocean is Female is empowering women from all over the world to share their stories. Today, The Ocean is Female has already clocked over 5,000 followers on Instagram in less than 13 months. If you would like to send your story, the best way is to connect via direct message on Instagram at theoceanisfemale or by sending an email to theoceanisfemale at gmail.com. As Tiari and Clarissa mentioned, they could do with some help on the blog, so if you want to reach out, just DM them directly or send me an email at hello at theoceanriderspodcast.com and I'll forward it to them. The Ocean Riders Podcast is a weekly podcast and I would be so thrilled if you could give it a few stars and a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to share your story, you can connect with me at hello at theoceanriderspodcast.com or via my Instagram account at theoceanriderspodcast. The episode can be played and replayed on most of the podcast apps such as Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Deezer and of course Apple Podcasts. You can also stream the episode directly on your computer by connecting to www.theoceanriderspodcast.com. I've also created a Facebook group so if you fancy joining in the conversation after the episode you're welcome to. You can find it at the name of The Ocean Riders Community. I've also started posting some job offers there that would be perfect for surfers. So you never know, maybe you'll find your dream job. The Ocean Riders podcast is also a Twitter account and a Facebook page. So some way or another, you should be able to connect with me. I would like to especially thank Clarissa and Tiare for getting up super early in the morning to be on this podcast and for being such gorgeous guests. Next week, I'll be talking to a university professor who's just launched a new course called Geography of Surfing at the University of the Sunshine Coast in Australia. In the meantime, take care, have fun and enjoy the waves. Ciao!